Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Stiff Upper Lip Podcast, and it is officially the end of the regular season. I'm Tom, and I'm joined, as always, over the last few uh, three years by Sam Longdon. Sam, how are you? How are you finding being a playoff team in this late um, late season? It's, uh, well, it's new. I don't really know how to how to react to it. Um, I'm like in a like in a bad comedy film where someone takes like a yokel to like a fancy pie, uh, standing around, busting mad teeth with like a straw hat or something. What are you going on about? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ! I'm life. just not accustomed. I feel I feel it feels out of place in a way to be to be not only alive but but. In with a shot, Sam. Yeah, this uh, you know, my, if you'd have told me, oh, maybe seven to ten weeks ago that the Giants would be in the playoffs, but we'd get the Vikings in the first round, and I would have, I would have wanted them not to turn up, just to spare the embarrassment. But now, is this Vikings team? It's a little bit frisky. We're rolling, baby. Oh, it's all on the frisky end. Um, Yes, good. I'm glad that you're doing all right. Are you ready to get (laughs) podcasting and break down perhaps uh, some Saturday games that we had, as well as getting into all of the playoff scenarios over the course of Sunday as well? Um, Strap on our analysis helmets and dive into... A, a big old pool of stats. I'd really like that if it didn't sound <laughs> just a, just a smidge on the end of uh, odd. Um, let's get into it then. <laughs> let's just let's just let's just do it. Let's just go into it, and we'll start on Saturday, as I mentioned, with Chiefs thirty-one at Raiders thirteen. This game had basically no playoff implications, but it did help the Chiefs officially confirm the one seed and I must admit Sam I was busy because I was down in Oxford with a good friend of mine and so I missed this game but I did see one play and I'm pretty sure that's all I needed to see from this and that was the ringa ringa rose uh called back touchdown to uh Kadarius Tony didn't even yeah it got yeah it got called back for a, a I think it was for a like a a Guy upfield, one of the O line, um, and on the next play they just immediately threw it to Tony and he <laughs> for a touchdown anyway. Yeah, nice. Um, it was that play was uh, like fun, but it was it annoyed me because it's something that only the Chiefs would do. I feel like they're kind of lording it over us, you know, like. Just, just do your special things, and like everyone will like clap, and and they'll go out in like the conference title game or something, and oh, we'll we'll start this whole thing again. I feel like there's almost some resentment here for the fact that the Chiefs <laughs> not only have been in the playoffs for what five years straight mm. now, but also five. have been consistently. I just don't. I, I'm I am kind of at that point where like the Chiefs being in the AFC Championship game is getting a little stale. 
yeah. so I, I kind of I kind of feel your resentment, but at the same time, when uh, when a team busts out something as interesting as a ring ring at Rosie against the divisional yeah. rival, I can't help yeah. but just respect the the nads, the balls. Yeah. Yeah. Um maybe maybe I'm just bitter. Um but yeah, it was um Katerius Tony is really I feel like this should never be <laughs> this should never have been allowed to happen. <laughs> what Katerius Tony being like important Kadarius and Tony useful on the in Chiefs. A... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, obviously in New York the relationship just soured. Nothing was ever gonna like happen there. But like if 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 he was going to be successful anywhere, it it would be this team, and it see it just seems like they know how to use him in the exact right ways. Um, obviously, it's a bit of like a Frankenstein receiving core this year, but then it it seems like it doesn't matter. Like they Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes still just keep doing the thing, and like change the offense however they feel it needs to be and they still just seem effortless sometimes it and that was what like a lot of this game felt like it, yeah yeah they just feel inevitable <laughs> that is the sort of best way to describe this chiefs team is just they are inevitable um especially when you're sort of looking ahead into the into the playoff window all right let's uh let's move on then just because well, we have other games that have a little bit more bearing on what could come from next week. Yeah. And oh, uh, by the way, just before we move on entirely, Jarrett yes. Stidham looked a lot more like Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> nice. Well, that's that's a good sign for the bit... rest of the league because it means that yeah. Jarrett Stidham won't be um... sanity has been restored. Yeah, I, I feel much more safe in a world where Jarrett Stidham looks more like Jarrett Stidham, um, yeah. and I'm I'm praying for the day that Brock Purdy looks more like Brock Purdy. <laughs> On we ride. Um, okay. Titans 16 at Jags 20. Now, back in sort of week four or five, um, we had a good friend of the show, Nick Deal, on. And he mm. directly made a point about how he believed that the, the Jags were going to be... Um, his sort of sleeper team for the year and he, he really believed them and then we sort of clowned on him for like three straight weeks as they lost mm. to the Broncos in London they uh, they very nearly blew it against the Texans like there was a lot of instances of, of maybe Nick getting too ahead of himself I think it was after the, they just absolutely beat the brakes off the Chargers um, yeah I think it was that week three but if we're gonna if we're gonna think about it here um the Titans have have managed oh. to flub a seven and three start through the first ten weeks, and have lost control of the AFC's fourth seed, and now the Jaguars are in. So if you want to if you want to hear what Nick was saying, because he's been vindicated to fuck, go check out the episode. But wow, the Jaguars are in the yeah. playoffs again. First time yeah. since the Blake Bortles era. Mental. Yeah. I mean, when when the Titans were rolling in week ten, the the Jags were like three and seven. Like the the turnaround mid season of this team has been astonishing. Like after the bye, they just a lot of that is down to Trevor Lawrence. I think just 
cleaning up his game and like making throws that he just hasn't in the past. Yeah, like, he's always had the ability, but just like reads and stuff. Um, and yeah, this this game was not a great advertisement for the for the Jags as like a you know the the offensive powerhouse that we kind of feel like people want them to be or have characterized them as um but they they just they, they get it where it counts and the prospect of them in the postseason as opposed to the titans uh, fills me with absolute joy especially when it would have been Josh Dobbs well <laughs> quarterbacking the titans in a postseason game yeah that's um that's definitely a factor as to why the Jags won this game because they did, they sort of didn't really need to do anything too spectacular. Derrick Henry came to play uh, at large parts, but the Jags' defense has shown that they can they can almost manage him this year. They've done a much better job of it this year. Um, but Josh Dobbs, uh, you want to talk about a guy that maybe teams didn't have that much film on, and that was why they did all right. I mean he. He did pretty well against the Cowboys for like a guy coming in so late on, but yeah. 179 yards and a pick and a touchdown, like it, it's not going to get it done. Um, but you know, he plays like a he plays like a sort of mid tier backup, which it it feels like the Titans don't have anyone better than a mid tier backup right now. They don't trust Malik Willis enough to progress him. And Ryan Tannehill's out, and realistically, is Ryan Tannehill very good? Like the Titans seem just a bit, a bit broken, a bit dysfunctional. Basically, as soon as they got rid of AJ Brown, um, and that's not yeah. to say that Traylon Burks has been a, a bust because you can't really pin that on a first rounder like this early on. But at the same time, if you're trading up so much proven, like actual production for a rookie, you kind of hope that your rookie is going to get more than 19 yards a game in the receiving yeah. game, while AJ Brown isn't put, like putting up 180 yards and two touchdowns every week for the Eagles. Like it just, it feels like that trade was so cursed from the moment that it became uh, became official that the Titans were obviously going to lose it. Um, yeah, but still, seven mm. straight losses to go from seven and three to seven and ten. Wild. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the like this is a team like on the precipice of a rebuild, um, and they did fire. Um, who was it? Todd Downing. That was it. Um, their OC, which means they've been absolutely dreadful on offense this year. I don't know how much of that is just like him being the fall guy, um, but. Uh, I wouldn't expect to see this team look too much better next year, really. Um, and Jags, we can just we can ride this sweet, sweet Florida wave till it crests on the rocky shores of Wild Card Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you should mention that because uh, they obviously wrapped up the four seed. The fifth seed was secured. By none other than the Los Angeles Chargers, who they absolutely beat the piss out of back in, I believe, week three, maybe week four. So, 
Yeah. Maybe one to pay, an eye, pay a little bit of a close eye to. Also, mm. just in time, welcome in, Max. How are you doing? Oh, uh, you know. <laughs> a little... The chest infection is still here, but if you think... <laughs> if you think a little fluid in the bronchi is going to stop me from delivering high-paced, large-volume, economy-class takes, you don't know me very well. Yeah. Max, Max has got bulk takes for your every need. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Christ. Holy moly. Sorry, I, it's, it's, it's developing into whooping cough. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> wow. A Packers fan choking in week 18. Oh. Who could have seen that coming? Let's move on. Uh, two. It's the ninth. Another, another big win with very little substance from a Steelers fan. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on. Then uh, we've covered the Saturday games. Now we go to Sunday night, which was the only actual primetime game of the week um, outside of those two Saturday games. Where the Green Bay Packers fell twenty to sixteen to those plucky underdog Detroit Lions, and I know that that's going to wind Max up to no end. Um, who didn't have anything to play for? The Seahawks had already won earlier on in the day, which meant the Lions winning just takes out the Packers. It just removes them from the playoff picture. And on that showing, I don't think the Packers deserve to be there and maybe we'll get some alternative points but oh it wasn't it wasn't clean not against the lions team max do you want to take the lead on this one (laughs) well of course i didn't deserve to be there if it wasn't for the seventh seed and if this was any normal year i don't think they would have had a chance of getting there it's um they weren't very good and you know, just because you beat the concussed to a Dolphins and then molly whop the Vikings, that doesn't mean you're a good team necessarily. Um, and I don't think this is that surprising. <laughs> I think the Packers just sleepwalk into these games. So stupid, self-satisfied, smug. They were like, all we've got to do is beat the Lions at home. But the, the Lions have genuinely been... And what am I going to say here? A top <laughs> three NFC Ooh. team Ooh. since Thanksgiving? I mean, you could I mean, definitely they, go along with that. They went they, from they 1 and 8 to 9 one. and 8. Exactly. They they lost. No, I think they, oh, they won like eight of their last nine. Oh, that was maybe. it. They went from 1 and 7 to 9 and 8. My bad. But yeah, they literally just so, flipped their record around. So if you. Think if you thought that just because they got knocked out they weren't gonna be playing for something, you don't know Dan Campbell <laughs> and you don't know the Lions because ultimately, what are the Lions ever playing for? Yeah, it's a good... <laughs> <laughs> the Lions play to win each game. You play to win the game. <laughs> you know, playoffs, playoffs. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, playoffs. Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs. I mean, they... The Packers, <laughs> the Packers could have done with that Jim Mora, actually, because, I mean, the Lions are just there to, I don't know. What's the point of the Lions as a franchise? Like, it's a game-to-game basis, isn't it? Like, I think they, they 
their having a winning record is is their FA Cup final. But no, um, yeah, in terms of the games itself, I think the Packers uh, just got uh, undone by the 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 line play by the Lions. The Lions have a sneaky, incredible offensive line and a very solid defensive line as well. Um, I was really impressed by Aleem McNeil. I thought he was good. And then the Lions get guys on their offensive line in motion and you're Adrian Amos or Darnell Savage on a goal line run and you're seeing the swing tackle six offensive linemen <laughs> sprinting across the line to ISO you. You're like, oh, I guess it's going to be a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> I think Panay Sewell absolutely bodied someone. Oh yeah, no. The, like when Lazo. when he gets when the, he gets moving and it's against a a defensive back, it's it's not fair. <laughs> it's not a fair. <laughs> like not as in it's you know of course it's fair, but I mean it's it's a one sided affair. Um and yeah, I don't have a problem with how this game fo- uh, unfolded because the Packers didn't deserve to make the playoffs. I don't think the Lions did either after they started one and seven. Um, and to be honest, I don't really think the Seahawks did either. But you know, we, we live in a society, <laughs> fucking a super wild card society. So one of the three had to get in. And um, in terms of these two teams who played in this game, their f- future going forwards, I think the Lions' future is looking a lot brighter. Although I do think they would be a little foolish to back Jared Goff to the hilt because. The ball simply wasn't coming out of his hand right in the cold. And if he ever got roughed up and didn't have that offensive line, um, I, I think they could be in a 1-7 in seven hole or whatever again. But I mean, no, in general, the, the Packers are probably going to blow it up and, and um, they're probably not going to get back to their mountain top till 2024. So <laughs> <laughs> They... Uh, they... Uh, well, I've seen some reports of like Alan Lazard talking in the locker room and saying like his goodbyes to people. Um mm-hmm. there was quite a sort mm-hmm. of weird bit of commentary and it, the way that Tariko and Collinsworth were almost calling the game, it felt very Aaron Rodgers is done and they yeah. knew something that we didn't yeah, and then it, it felt very final. Yeah, and then like if you just listened to them. And then you said Max that apparently they've like sort of not officially come out with putting Bakhtiari on the trade block, but like they're they're well, rumored, yeah, they're rumored that both of those will be shipped. It's like this feels like a very much end of the like 2017 yeah. to 2012, uh, 2020 Packers in terms of like that exact team construction. Um, yeah, I think there's a chance they were Bakhtiari, but I think that his health has been a massive factor. Although they seem to have kind of got that under wraps, and to be honest, the last month he was playing at a very high level. So maybe they will stick around. I think if Aaron Rodgers decides to retire, then they probably blow it up, um, which would be the correct thing to do because they have they need to rebuild a, a much younger team. And also my last talking point on this game is really, like, I didn't mind losing the game. What really pissed me off was Quay Walker being a bellend again. <laughs> again? What oh, is he yeah. thinking? Like, <clears throat> so uh, towards the end of the game, DeAndre Swift's getting tackled. And Jaron Reed hits him with a really dirty, like, forearm yeah, to the helmet as he's good. going down. He doesn't get flagged, but he absolutely should have been. Um, and then Quay Walker and Devonta Wyatt, who I think were Georgia teammates, were sort of checking on DeAndre Swift. Um, and the trainers come up and they sort of 
move Quay Walker out of the site, out of the way to get to uh, DeAndre Swift, who's on the ground, and he shoves one of them in the back. Like, <laughs> well, so and, and this is the second time he was ejected because he shoved a practice squad player on the sidelines of the Bills yeah. game. It's like this guy. As soon as someone puts hands on him, all he knows how to do is shut. He's got no awareness, and I think it really. He was much improved in the second half of the season, but he needs to get that sorted. And Matt Lafleur was steaming at him on the sidelines. Like, I don't <laughs> think I've seen him that angry in a game, and and rightfully so. But it's his fault as well. He needs to coach his players and and get them to control themselves. Because Devontae Wyatt was sort of ganging up on this trainer as well. Like, it was a horrible look. And I. They, they've got to be emotionally mature. Like, I know if you're, like, <laughs> these, you know, blue-chip players who come from Georgia or whatever, they're not really used to losing and playing, like, shit with stuff on the line. <laughs> but just... And, and Quay Walker said he spoke to this trainer, like, extensively, and he posted a bunch of stuff on Twitter and then deleted his Twitter account because presumably people were calling him a knobhead for being <laughs> a knobhead. <laughs> <Did he delete? laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, the whole Twitter account is gone. Yeah. Oh my god. Which is kind of like, okay, he needs to just like focus. I, I think he recognised but he was like going down the tunnel and he was like really emotional and I think he kind of recognised that he was being a bell end, like after he got ejected but like just <laughs> you've got to get a handle on that because that pissed me off. Like lose, but lose the right way for god's sake. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Um... You said that that was your last talking point. Are we happy to move on into the Sunday slate? Because we're making on, yes. we're making great progress, by the way, time wise. Exquisite. Well, I'm here now. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, we've, done enough of, we've done enough. We've done enough handers to know that that's a well-oiled machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get the third person involved. <laughs> before we move on, like entirely, like. Yeah, I know you said you felt like the the Lions didn't really deserve to to. Get into the playoffs after the like one and seven start or whatever. This is just this is just the super wildcard world we live in. If like if someone has to get there, wouldn't like why not them? What I'm well, saying is, like, is, is, is that it was a little really it's a little silly that someone has to get there. <laughs> like that's not really how we should be deciding. Well, to be fair, this whole NFL season has felt a little bit like well, someone's got to win it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, no one's really, no one's really gone out of their way to step forward and and take control, take command. Nobody's really starting I mean, to go ahead and really start to take command. Sorry, Roger Goodell isn't like sitting down at like a, a dimly lit desk with some like half room spectacles to like work out exactly who the proper team to go to the playoffs is. Okay. Apology accepted. Let's move along. Yeah, for the love <laughs> of Christ. Um, let's move on then to the team that did make the playoffs in the seventh seed from the NFC, um, who obviously knocked out the Lions earlier on in the day, and then as a result also the Packers. Why did this game happen earlier? Does the NFL need a, decri- a disgrace of, of Heon to assure that we get, like, mutually assured playoff destinations in in one time slot like was last year not enough warning that this might just be a thing with that whole Chargers Raiders game why did why did this go on in a different time zone anyway doesn't matter the Rams are the worst defending Super Bowl team of all time and the Seahawks didn't really need to do anything to win but they did it kind of Geno Smith threw two picks one touchdown though um 
Kenneth Walker rushed for 115 yards. Nice. Nice. Um, but <laughs> yeah, overall, in terms of like how this game actually went, it was just entirely. If it, it, I'd have felt a lot more interested in it if it was at the same time as the Lions Packers game, but I didn't really give a shit. Um, no, we didn't need we didn't need the Rams to be in. No, we didn't either. I think it was always going to be the Packers Lions game because it's the Packers. They naturally got a bit more intrigued than, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, I think um, if uh, yeah, they, you know they had to have they had they had to put a game. So you just put the one with mathematically the biggest probability of having, basically being a playing game. Um, it's totally fine. Like I would not have wanted to watch this as a Sunday. I would not have wanted to watch Baker in Sunday Night Football. No, that's entirely fair. Um, and speaking of Baker Mayfield, he threw one of the worst interceptions that I think I've seen him throw in his career. Um, it's a real damning progression of his career that six years ago he was drafted first overall and. And there was so much good faith around a certain organization. Um, and then six years later, he's no longer on that team. He's not even on the team that he went to to get off that first team. He's no longer on the Panthers. He's now on the Rams. The Rams can't win with him. He had one pretty decent game against a moribund Nathaniel Hackett-led Broncos team and then goes and just lays the fattest egg that you could possibly ever see from... Mm, Makes uh, me hungry. <laughs> from a, a, a quarterback. There's there's not much hope, is there, really, for Baker Mayfield going forward? Especially now that like McVeigh's potentially leaving. He's already told all of his coaching staff that they can just go and search elsewhere. I'm pretty sure that their offensive coordinator has already joined the University of Kentucky like as their new head coach. So, oh, like, yeah, anytime you go to the University of Kentucky, mm-hmm. man, that's... Yeah. Nice. It's, it, that, but that's what I mean. It's like the Rams feel like an organization that's blowing it up on like an even bigger scale than the than the Packers are going to be this this offseason cuz like Matt Stafford I know that he wants to come back and play football but like with the with the scariness of these concussions over this year and like the back injury and stuff is he going to actually be able to? He didn't play that great before it this year. Yeah, I was going to say like like well, we, I mean, we like we, we Baker Mayfield doesn't really deserve any praise, but like, was he worse than Matt Stafford? And and Matt Stafford had, you know, Cooper Cup. Like Cooper Cup's on the shelf, Aaron Donald's on the shelf. The offensive line's a mess, and yeah, they they mortgaged the house to get to that Super Bowl, and they got it. So this is sort of the part where you pay off that mortgage, yeah, because um, <laughs> you've got a bunch of guys who like. Uh... Uh, getting older or they just weren't that good and you're paying them a bunch yeah you know like rob havenstein he was terrible Jalen ramsey low-key had a pretty bad year you know and you've drafted these guys like taylor rap you're paying bobby wagner like that kind of makes sense if you're going all in for a super bowl but now now it doesn't really make sense yeah. you paying him that uh, much I, I think it's time to to take a dirt nap for a couple of years yeah reinvent yourself Entirely fair. Um, Sam, do you have anything Gino. else on this one? Gino has not impressed the last few weeks. 
Well, they've you, peaked. You... They peaked at like week eleven, yeah. and, and and that's pretty much all they needed to do to be in they the playoffs. They peaked like week three. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, like they were still they were still a, a, a pretty good passing offense in like week eleven, but now it's now it's not good. It's not fun to watch the yeah. Seattle Seahawks. They aren't good. I don't know. I don't know how much of like Gino's like he he looked shaken this game. And like it's not cuz the the like pass rush was aimed to him loads or anything. He just look his decision making just looks like a bit fried. Like the obviously it was the first snap of the game like you could maybe you know Take it with a, a little pinch of salt. That that Jalen Ramsey pick was such a bad read. He's just sat right under it. Yep. And I I cannot see any way that this team holds ground with with the Niners next week. No, week. I can't imagine unless something no. incredible happens. Like Gino <laughs> goes thirty-one for thirty-five for four oh one and three. Yeah, it looks like it's gonna be a bit of a bloodbath. But I think it would have been if it was the Packers, and maybe even if it was the Lions. Although it would have been a a bloodbath with spirit. For sure. <laughs> All right. Um, moving off of the NFC's playoff scenarios. Um. We take a trip then to the AFC where the seventh seed was still up for wraps. And so was the second seed. So Buffalo hosting the Patriots who had a win and in scenario. What could possibly go wrong for the Patriots? Well, I'll tell you, they immediately gave up a kick return touchdown to Naeem Hines who had an absolute day in the return game. Two touchdowns on the day, both on various kick returns. The second one was... Uh, very much just as much on the Patriots as it was on Naeem Hines, though. Just a complete and utter yeah. terrible whiff Awful. tackle. Um, and as a result, the Patriots have been eliminated from playoff contention, but the Bills wrap up that two seed. And now, now we get into this position where if it is a Bills-Chiefs AFC Championship game, it's going to be held in a neutral venue. So, ooh, mm. isn't that interesting? Has anybody got any thoughts quickly before we move into the actual game? Where do you reckon this neutral venue will be? Lambeau Field? Um. <laughs> well, I'll give you I'll give you the two stadiums that it can't be. It can't be Ford Field because they're tearing up the field and it can't be it can't be the Colts. Yeah, because they are holding <laughs> they're holding a Regional high school volleyball tournament. It's not. It's it's the, the Central Zone Invitational College volleyball tournament. Oh, I, my bad. But yeah, they're holding they're holding that there. Um, some some slightly odd storylines concerning that tournament. I don't know if you guys have seen what. I've, I've literally not seen a single thing other than that it's happening, and that's why the NFL can't hold this neutral where game is, there. Where is like equidistant from like? Acrisure? Well, Buffalo. there's Acrisure, yeah, there's Paycor, and there's the you Factory of Sadness. But I would I... really like to, ha- like, I think it would be really cool to have it at, like, a college stadium. I don't think it would ever happen. But it would be cool to have it at, like, 
um, Penn State's uh, what, what do they call Ooh. that place? Happy Valley. Yeah, because that holds like a hundred thousand, I think. But that's probably a little bit further than halfway. If we look halfway between Buffalo, <laughs> I, think I think it's Chicago. Well, my problem is it, with maybe like... being Chicago is I think that that might be a bit too far north. I think it might be a little bit too close to the Chiefs more than the Bills. Is there, is there a football stadium in? Pokemon Gary, Indiana. Indiana. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Look, just clear, just clear out the middle part of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit exciting, a little bit interesting. Um, in terms of the actual game itself, um, outside of that emotional start, there wasn't. I felt like this one was a very messy game from the Bills. I don't know if it's just because they had, like, a weird scenario, obviously, all of their practice, but then Josh Allen think... still managed to find a ridiculous play to John Brown out of nowhere, what, and it was all for nothing. It was, yeah. yeah, brilliant. It started that way, and then I feel like they kind of found their feet. But, I mean... It's, it's so hard to analyze it, it was not a normal game for the bills no no god no um obviously so the latest update is Damar Hammond's now been discharged from hospital well he got transferred he no got no he's tra- just been discharged like I, earlier oh he literally got discharged today yeah like an oh. hour and a half ago huh. great news Oh, <laughs> baby! Yeah, no. So, so that kickoff return was pretty incredible. Like you couldn't really script that. Well, I yeah. guess you could. That would be doing <laughs> to the great scriptwriters of our time. Um, but it was an incredible moment for that to happen. And you got Tony Romo, who's barely keeping it together. People are going nuts. That that was pretty great. You'd be hard pressed to say. Even I would imagine. Well, actually. It would be a great discredit to Patriots fans to imagine that they might not have wanted that to happen. Um, <laughs> it's possible that Patriots fans might not have human interest mm. put that close to their hearts. Um, but yeah, no, I think the Bills need to... Who are they playing in the first round now? The, 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 not the, the, Dol- the, the Dolphins. Dolphins. They need to... They need to like if it's Teddy and the Dolphins, they need to crush them and then good, everyone yeah. will feel a lot better about it. Well, it'll be Skylar yeah. Thompson as as yeah, is the news, oh. which uh, we, if they don't, just, there was an easy there was an easy way that we could have just not had the Dolphins starting Skylar Thompson, and that's the Jets scoring more than six points against them. Oh, useless, terrible franchise. Sorry, I've got ahead of myself. We'll come on to that. <laughs> Someone get the spray bottle again. Yeah. Down, Jets. But, yeah, they'd need to absolutely beat the piss out of the Dolphins. It was too close for comfort last time that they played them. Um, or not last time. I mean, that, like... was a, that was a a different Dolphins team. Yeah. Like, Go make a statement. We all, we all want you to go make a statement, Buffalo. It's it's better that way. <laughs> it's better that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just and just like it'd be nice if if like if they can keep local 
red zone interception merchant Josh Allen out of uh, if they could try and get him away from the stadium and usher in calm, collected, makes throws that no one else in the league could throw Josh Allen usher him in I thought you were about to suggest benching him and bringing back Mitchell Trubisky or something. I was like, what are you doing? Where is this going? <laughs> who's, who's the fucking the backup? The schlubby... I yeah, I think it was schlubby Davis. <laughs> <laughs> he's, no, he just Famed looks like a... jazz tr- uh, trombonist from the 1920s. Yeah, Casey Davis. Yeah, he looks like a shitty like Ed Helms impersonator. Just a... I, don't, I don't like him. Right. Okay. Anyway, but no, so do not throwing... bench Josh Allen and just stop yeah. throwing red just, zone picks. Just stop throwing red zone inceptions. Yeah. Just decides to be bad at one thing every year, and this is it. Yes. We spent way too long on this game. We have. Let's. Let's do cast, it. Let's... Cast it aside. We're moving on. We're moving on. Um, speaking of the AFC seventh seed race, um, the Miami Dolphins took a trip to the Meadowlands where they faced Joe oh. Flacco and played a 6-11, to 11, although the 11 featured a safety on, the, on a bunch of laterals at the end. It, it, Nine points he scored, Dolphins. Nine points. Good job. You're in the playoffs. We didn't see a single end zone trip for either side. And this game was bollocks. It was absolute horse piss. But as a direct result, the Miami Dolphins are in the playoffs. And the Patriots and Steelers are both now eliminated. Um, And the Jets are, well, fucked, shall we say. (laughs) They just might be. And I mean this in a there is there used to be some hope going forward for the for the New York Jets. But now there is no longer any hope because what do they do at quarterback? I don't know. Are they gonna go out and get somebody like a Jimmy Garoppolo? Or are they just gonna trot Zach Wilson out after telling him to go fishing and eat a pork pie for this week instead of and starting Joe Flacco. Honestly. I'd I'd like someone to tell me to do that. Yeah, I'd love to do that, but like Oh, the management style. Yeah, it's perfect. Although I would quite have liked them to play anybody but Joe Flacco in a game. They don't. Well, um, they don't really need a quarterback. They just need like a. They just need like a Garrett Wilson ball delivery machine. <laughs> <laughs> just a fucking jugs machine that like one of the trainers positions in a different Turn way. To Garrett Wilson. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, as for the Dolphins, congratulations, Dolphins, you've won. Enjoy your prize. Enjoy <laughs> the money. <laughs> get out my house. Oh, what a piss take. What an absolute joke of a game. They, they <laughs> fell from 8-3 and three to 8-8, eight and eight, and the only reason why they stopped that slide was because they were playing Joe Flacco and couldn't get into the end zone. Just end it. They're starting Skylar Thompson. Just give the Bills a bye and let's just forget it. Move on. We're not dealing with the fucking Miami Dolphins in the playoffs this year. Bye. Out. Shoo. Go on. Fuck off. Still taking too long. Let's move on! Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, on the opposite <laughs> end, then, we've spent the entire episode talking about the playoff race. Um, but there was also a little bit of a funny thing going off at the bottom of the play. Uh, well, bottom of the standings for the number one overall draft pick as the Houston Texans beat the Jeff Saturday Colts 32 to 31. Um, this was probably funnier for, for us because of the additional uh, predictions impl- uh, implications because Max had picked the Colts and quote, they can't let this happen. Um, <laughs> it's, by the way, I'm still right about that. They you are right. Have, they uh, could uh, not have let that happen. And yet, with nothing to lose and nothing to gain for Lovey Smith and this ragtag bunch of Houston just that they, Texans. It was not just that they won. I know. I'm, I'm saying that they just decided down... They were down at uh, seven, right? Going into the uh, final drive, it was literally time was ticking and ticking away. And they just said, you know what, fuck it. Threw a deep ball to Brandon Cooks, was it, potentially? Yep. I've not even got the game pulled up on my on my, on my little thing here. Um, Everyone involved in the end of that game fucking hates the Texans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> including... <laughs> All of the Texans players. Brandon Cooks certainly hates the Texans for not trading him. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Davis Mills, I think, hates the Texans. And also, I think so does the Colts defender, the DB, who'd not only picked oh. off Davis Mills earlier, but then uh, Rodney Thomas, take a bow, son. That is the worst passing coverage I've ever seen. He jumps up. You think on this Hail Mary try... <laughs> Surely he's just gonna just bat it down. And this game is over. It was fourth down. Nope, straight through his hands. Unbelievably, he doesn't even deflect the ball. There is no change to the yeah. ball's velocity. There is no change to the spiral or anything. He doesn't even he touch about... the ball. He just misses it. He just lets it through his hands. It was like Loris Carius in a Champions League final. He couldn't. He couldn't even touch the ball. Uh, Loris Karius at least managed to touch the ball. With oh, him. yeah, my bad. That is absolutely true. Um, Rodney Thomas, good job. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Nice work. Caught at the back of... Well, in the sort of middle of the end zone by Jordan Akins. Nobody knows what's going on. I'm pretty sure that everybody sort of looks at Jordan Akins' hands, including Jordan Akins, and he just sort of goes, Shit, I caught it! <laughs> and, and then they go for two they went for two this, this is exactly what they deserved like... every single person in that stadium was dismayed <laughs> I've never Lovie seen Smith wasn't. well yeah Lovie Smith and I think Jordan Akins and Davis Mills were the only ones that were like oh yeah this is great even the Texans fans and all 17 of them were, were just like "What? Why have we? why have we done this what, what, what did we have to gain? We just lost like, the first overall pick. Of course this is what they deserved. Like, they'll have told Lovey that he was, like, gone and just expected him to go out and, like, play a dog shit game and, like, keep the one seed. But, like, sacking him off after a year. They sacked David Collier off after a year. They just keep this, like, roundabout of, like, 
Fall guys. They're, they're still they're still grooming AJ McCarron to be the head coach. I bet. Oh god, just just one white guy with like sick sleeve tats can save this team. <laughs> Apparently, um, allegedly, D'Amico Ryan's doesn't even want to interview them because of the way that they're using black coaches as basically full, like just like guys to. Yeah, so Dude, like not um, give them a chance to even, yeah, and the, so the, the, the Texans got better. Yeah, both both Cully and Smith improved yeah. the team noticeably during the year, and then got sacked off anyway. Yeah, they they would. It's such a like a blatant attempt, like in social hash. Like you know, it, it's been a while actually. Now I think about it. It's been a little while since we talked about a team who I feel good about, because the Colts and the Texans as well, I'm just like... Talk about them! (laughs) (laughs) I don't even remotely want to talk about them. That's that's getting clipped. Um, Well, it would get clipped if it came through as anything other than like... Ah! Ah! Because that's all it came up as. Try again. Yeah, go on. Yeah. It still did. It did it yeah, again. We, well, it, we'll just we'll we'll we'll. I think, I think that'll come through well in the edit. Okay. <laughs> if if it doesn't, like, Sam, you might have to go in and and redo <laughs> redub it in post. What if I turn off and try again? Yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do it. That was worse somehow. Let's go on. Yeah. Let's move on. Um, just before we do. Go on. We've spent too much time talking about this game already, but the Colts are so completely fucked. Yes, yes, they are. In every way, like management down to the actual players, it's so dreadful. Um, only going to get worse. Do you think that because this is like Chris Ballard, um, it, this is his last chance now? Because um, they've not, they've not really gotten better they've taken significant steps back under his tenure do you think that this is like gonna be the point where you know when a gm gets a bit desperate and they start just like like throwing picks around to be like oh yeah we're gonna make some moves we're gonna be a different team do you reckon that they're gonna trade up for the number one overall pick with the bears and try and get a bryce young or something it's possible. I don't think. I think Jim Ursay would be the one behind that, not even the GM. Well, I think yeah. Jim Ursay is bloody is well had the... it with. I think Jim Ursay, after Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz like that, that I think he probably will. Don't forget be a, a heavy candidate to do that. Well, they've had a different starting quarterback every single year for the past five, six years, even Andrew Luck. They had Jacoby Brissett, Philip Rivers. They've had Carson, Carson Wentz, Wentz, and now Matt Ryan. And the, next, and next, Sam Ellinger, Aaron Rodgers, oh, no. <laughs> Tom Brady. Now, but for real, I, I I do legitimately think that they will just go right balls to having draft picks because we can't draft. Let's just go and get a fucking stud quarterback and send a bunch to the Bears. I think that yep. it's the only thing that Colts fans have got to sort of. I... Bank off. Yeah, I mean the it just won't work out. It won't. 
Nothing, nothing they do will. No one that has any say in how this team operates is good at what they do. And that will taint everything that the franchise fails to accomplish. It's been a really Who's fun year. Who does have the one overall pick? Well, yes. If, if we talk about the Colts anymore, yeah. my head is going to fall in on itself. Well, I was just going to say one final thing, and that is um, thank you uh, to all of our um, guests oh, at the yes. Royal Grumble for sticking us with this shower of shit for a year. Thanks. You made us pick the Colts, and now we can toss them into the fire because they are done. You are done. Playoffs. <laughs> Let's go on then to the team that did in the number one pick, and we'll just be able to run through the rest of these, I think, pretty quickly. The Chicago Bears, who lost to the Vikings and then celebrated that loss unbelievably uh, more so after finding out that the Texans had won. Good job, Bears. Um, Quite literally handing out lollipops. Yeah. Um, good one. Nice. Um, you did it. Good job. What are you going to do with that pick now? Are you going to get a stud outside linebacker that maybe um, somebody like a Will Anderson, who, you know, maybe you had a guy like that already on the team that you traded away. Never never fear. Maybe um, getting a stud offensive tackle for the first time in forever. Or maybe getting a quarterback who can throw more than 8 of 15 for 160 yards and, and not being a social media quarterback. I just, yeah. What are you going to do with it? We'll have to wait and see. But this is a real exciting opportunity to not fuck this up. Chicago, you have a chance. First, first overall pick since 1947. Don't fuck this one up. Thanks. Um, if they do trade out, what the what is the precedent? So, the last time it was traded was in 2016 when the Rams traded two firsts, uh, a second, or two, uh, two firsts, two seconds, a third. Shit, no, hang on. Two first, two seconds, two thirds um, for the Titans, the first overall pick, and then a fourth and a sixth. So, and that was to draft Jared Goff, right? That was to draft. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, oh. So I think the Bears are so fucking talent poor, and they blew it all up. This, I mean, even like halfway through the season, they were still, you know, selling off Roquan Smith to go and become the best off-ball linebacker in the league in the second half of the year. And then trading um, for Chase Claypool to have 156 yards and yep. no touches. Good one! Well, you know, if that he had a quarterback who could throw the ball, maybe it would have been different. That's but, true. Um, but also, at the same time, uh, good job. That could have been the end of the first round, technically. Nice work. Proud so, basically, the Bears probably need to do one of two things trade out of the first and get a bunch of ammunition to build the team back up around justin fields or what i think well <laughs> no one cares what they could they could trade see what the trade market is for if they fall in love with the quarterback see what the trade market oh, is for okay. justin fields trade him and then go and get the quarterback that you want because you could get I don't know what teams would be willing to trade for Justin Fields. Maybe, like, 
Probably the same teams that's... that would be willing to trade up with that's... them in the first place. You probably get a first, what, what a first you... and a fourth or something like that, and then you've got two firsts, and you can go and get a quarterback and I don't know, and an, another premier pick. Yeah, like I. I think Justin Fields is at least for now plenty good enough for them to like go forward with. I don't think there's any point in like putting that much more capital towards a quarterback. Like you've you've done, you've got one for now. Like they are so talent poor in so many areas of the roster, it would be it would be like criminally negligent for them not to trade out of that first pick. And just get in as many like highly rated dudes as they can. Well, I, th- I, th- I think that this could be quite contentious because there'll be people like me and Max that don't believe in Justin Fields, and then we'll be like, "I do you remember when they traded out of Bryce Young to go five slots down and and pick fucking Paris Johnson or whatever?" Like, and and he turned out to be a bust, and Bryce Young has gone on to be a ridiculous superstar, like. <laughs> There's there's contentious points here in either way that you look at it, but there there is a wrong way of doing things. Um, I hope they don't pick that. Think about what the Texans would do, and don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. The Vikings, in winning this game, uh, did climb up into the third seed. They will be playing the New York football giants as a result of that. So good job Vikings. You 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 won a game and you didn't really have to try for it. There's nothing that we can really learn from it. The Bears are the worst team in the NFL again. Um nice one. Um all right, let's move on then because we've got five more games. But we can definitely blast through three of them very quickly. Should we do a little, a little quick fire? Let's say one sentence about each of these next three games, shall we? Okay. Okay. Ravens seventy. Uh, sorry, sixteen. Bengals twenty-seven. Uh, Cincinnati wrap up the three seed. Bengals. Uh, Ravens. Sorry, are going to be facing them again next week. So my sentence, for example, would be get Lamar back healthy or you're done. My sentence would be, I don't want to talk about this. Goodbye. He's actually, wait, did he actually just leave? He left? <laughs> yes. He, he's, um, his news was delivered about half an hour early, which I, I believe may have been the... That was a funny bit, but I actually did <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Sorry about that one. That's fucking Max leaving the season. Uh, um, yeah. Um, uh, my my take would be um, Ravens bad. Fooled many. Uh, need Lamar now. Me Lamar now. <laughs> Lamar money good. <laughs> oh Jesus. Okay. Um, next one then, Sam. You might be able to be able to 
pick out a better sentence maybe that doesn't sound like a Charlie Kelly writing. Um, <laughs> funny, actually. It's against the Eagles. 22-16 to 16 in favour of the Eagles. Um, Sam, as the Giants fan, I assume you'll have a sentence first? Um, I have several sentences, Tom. I will not be confined to a single sentence. For God's but sake. I will keep it short. Okay. The... Firstly, the Eagles did not look good in this game. It is like Jalen Hurts did not look himself. Obviously, he's coming off that injury. Nick Sirianni, like post game, said that he, he was like going through a lot of pain or something. Like, I'm concerned about them in the playoffs. Hopefully, the bye week is enough time to get them right because they're a great team to watch. But that wasn't it today. Um, Giants managed to keep pace with them playing pretty much all like backups like Avis Webb was out there throwing to Kenny Golladay and the the derision in my voice should tell you of all you need to know about Kenny Golladay's position in this league um, when you say someone was... getting uh, eight catches and the name is Lawrence Cager that's uh, that's a good indication of whether or not the team's resting starters or not. Yeah, playing like heavy tight end sets pretty much all game, so they didn't have to play any of their actual good wide receivers. They were playing Kenny Golladay, so they could rest Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins. It's is... it's outstanding, by the way, just how good of a job. <laughs> Brian Dable has done to get the team that has Isaiah Hodgins as one of their two premier wide receivers in the team <laughs> to a playoffs. Yeah. And not only to the playoffs, but, but wrapped up last week. That could have yeah. been in fresh against the Vikings. Yeah. Wild. Uh, coach of the year, never in doubt. Um, and that's it. Okay, nice. Well, um, I don't really have anything else to add about this. Um, <laughs> you pretty much covered it nicely. Um, so I say we just move swiftly yeah. on then to <laughs> um, 49ers Cardinals. I, I think we'll do like an actual sentence about the game, but uh, the main story about this one, obviously 49ers winning 38-13. Uh, they secure the two seed. But the the main story here is that uh, we bid farewell to the career of a, well, maybe the best defensive player of the last decade. Yeah. Maybe the best defensive player ever, potentially. Like, it, without a shadow of a doubt, the best of his, like, generation. Yes, Potential calls that you could put him in the top five of all time. Um, yeah. JJ Watt finishing his career with two sacks. Uh, lovely to see. He had a really emotional sort of tribute um, before the game, or it might have been after the game where the Cardinals had like prepared a little uh, surprise thing where teammates, ex-teammates, brothers, uh, all said their words about how much J.J. Watt's career has meant to all of them and how great it's been mm. to see him on on the field. And it, it's good. We wish you a, a, a happy retirement, J.J. No doubt you'll be re- hosting crappy American TV shows and appearing in Subway commercials for the next 35 years. Um, 
Good one. Nice week. Good job, JJ. Yeah. Um, also someone uh, leaving Arizona, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Um, uh, can't believe it didn't happen sooner. Um, well, and not only did it not happen sooner, but last year they gave him an extension <laughs> till 2027. They they yeah. actively made it harder to do this. They they yeah. they dropped the yeah. ball. It didn't work. It hasn't worked at all. Yeah. It never worked. What a dreadful. But equally, should he have ever got that job? Like just because he did like he had like a losing record at at, at Texas Tech. Uh, yeah. Like, well, we went through it, didn't we? We were like his two quarterbacks at Texas Tech, or sorry, his two quarterbacks that he's had yeah, 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 have yeah, been yeah, yeah. Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, yeah. where he had a losing record, and Kyler Murray, who was a first overall pick and maybe a generational athlete, who he's also yeah. had losing records with almost every oh, year. Just- and it's not like they've been like lacking on receiver talent. They've literally had DeAndre Hopkins for what for two of those years. Yeah. What was the point? How are yeah. they this shit awful, at everything? Awful coach. Blow the whole thing up. Um, rest in piss, Cliff Kingsbury Cardinals. Yes, and another exit from Arizona <laughs> as part of this trio of leaving Arizona. Uh, airing oh, on Netflix Bob. 2023. Steve Keim has gone. And boy, howdy. Um, not only does that's, this sound like a more messy situation. Yeah, that's, that's going to be... Uh, it's going to be spicy in the courtroom in about three years' time. But also, holy shit, was he a bad general manager. What, oh, God. what on <laughs> this earth? The, t- the Cardinals are so bad. They are just are a dreadfully run organization across the board. Yeah. And you know what's a very good organization? The San Francisco 49ers. Yes. Good one. This was like exactly as you would imagine, like the Niners played the last like six or seven weeks. Like. Brock Purdy was slanging it. He had like oh, less than 180 yards. Yeah. He had three three touchdowns. Yeah. But it's, it's just such a, a wildly efficient team. I I feel sorry for the rest of the teams that will have to, to play them in the playoffs. Well, yes. Um they they do get a date with the Seattle Seahawks. They get to host that game. Um, they are potentially, I think, outside of the Lions. And I think they are second hottest team in the whole NFL. Um, yeah. Outside of the Lions, they are the hottest team. Since they lost to the Chiefs on the 23rd of October, they have won Ooh. every single game including posting a shutout against the Saints, putting up 35. They they score a ridiculous margin as well. They have the best defense in the NFL, and they also score points at a ridiculous level. 31 against the Rams, 22 against the Chargers. Okay, fair enough. Um, 38 against the Cardinals, 
13 against the Saints, 33 against the Dolphins, 35 against the Buccaneers, 21 against the Seahawks, 37 against the Commanders, 37 against the Raiders, and 38 against the Cardinals. They are putting up, just quick maths, probably about 32 points a game over that stretch, and also limiting teams to less than 17 points on all but one occasion, which was the Raiders game. Oh, sorry, the Commanders as well, 20. But... yeah. In a vacuum, like, they are ridiculous. And I know, like we, <laughs> this this point will have been belaboured like far more by far more people who know like football better than me. But like Dolphins onwards, that was that was all Brock Purdy putting up. Apart from one week against the Seahawks, where they still won twenty-one to thirteen. He was putting more than 30 points up every single game. Yeah. It's, it's astonishing. He's He's been really very much an accurate thrower of the ball, but I do again think that if, if the Shanahan system wasn't just so unbelievably quarterback-friendly and if the team wasn't yeah. so quarterback-friendly with how it's constructed, they have elite wide receivers in, like, Brandon Ayuk, who's been just phenomenal this year. They've been balling out with Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, I know that they lost Debo Samuel, but he's potentially coming back. Jawan Jennings has had a nice year. George Kittle still is the guy. Um, maybe lost like a yard of pace or whatever, but even still, he is that guy. They scheme players open to a ridiculous extent, and they, they are so well-balanced as well. I mean, Brock Purdy has been slanging it, but when you when you're able to have 15 completions and four touchdowns in a game that's that's partly on you and also quite a lot on how good the scheme is the 49ers are just so enthralling to watch actually play offense not because they have a ridiculously good quarterback or anything but they're just so well schemed on the offensive side of the ball it's not like a Mahomes-led Chiefs or a or a Josh Allen-led Bills or a Burrow-led Bengals. They're doing it on scheme. Yeah. It feels like the AFC has individual brilliance at quarterback and the NFC has scheming that is perfect yeah. for the players that they've got. Jalen Hurts has been fantastic all year because of the scheme of Nick Sirianni. Kirk Cousins is having a very strong year again because he's playing the Shanahan system and it's just all he can do. Just play the Shanahan system. And now Brock Purdy, like, we're getting good overall scheming out of a lot of these NFC teams. And I think the 49ers do it better than anyone. Yeah. Shall we move on? Let's. Cool. Um, Staying in the NFC playoff race, there's only two more games left. Um, This one we will blast through. Commanders 26, Cowboys 6. Now, you'd think if you were seeing that scoreline that the Cowboys may be rested players. Uh-uh, you would be wrong, sucker. <laughs> they they kept all of their starters out. They just all stink in this game. Ezekiel Elliott, 8 carries for 10 yards. Tony Pollard, 7 carries, 19 yards. So you think, okay, maybe the running game wasn't working, but... You know, they have elite players on the offense in the passing game, right? Now, C.D. Lamb, five catches, 52 yards and a touchdown, and that is it. Dak Prescott, 128 yards, 
one touchdown, one interception, and the pick was a pick six, and it was maybe the worst throw that I have seen from any playoff starting quarterback <laughs> other than Skylar Thompson. It was dreadful. In fact, he yeah. should have been picked off a play earlier by Christian Fulton, who fell yeah. down on a on a given pick six. So Dak just threw it at him again. Awful. Yeah, it's like he saw him fall down, and he was like, "Well, that seems unfair." Yeah, let's give uh, let's give Christian Fulton the chance to torch me yeah. again. Um, he was he was just throwing like he went like. Had a completion percentage like thirty five percent this game. Yeah, fourteen of thirty seven. It was not good, not good at all. Yeah, he he was just so rattled, and like I feel like while like obviously the the Cowboys are playing the books in the wild card. Um, the past couple of weeks, as it's become clear that the books will probably like would probably get that spot, it was a very like oh. Probably still beat the Cowboys because that's what the Cowboys do. Yeah, look at look at <laughs> look yeah. at them. Yeah. <laughs> just look at it. <laughs> like the, look at him just, and tell me there's a god. A, a team full of absolute bottle jobs, led by one of the most uh, like confounding quarterbacks in the league. I don't know what happens to Dak Prescott's decision making sometimes. I don't care to know. Uh, but it, it's just amazing that they can have games like this against the Sam Howell led commanders. Yeah, Sam Howell. Yeah, that's the other point is that Sam Howell had a better day than Dak Prescott. I mean, there was a lot of talk about Sam Howell, uh, well, Sam Howell potentially being up in the quarterback race um, for the commanders. And, I mean, when you look at that, they've got Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz, you can understand that. And he came out actually doing pretty well. He uh, had a nice touchdown to uh, Terry McLaurin. Great throw. Um, Went 11 of 19, 169 yards, had a pick, had a touchdown. Looked all right in there. Not not overly great, but didn't need to because the commanders... Just did it. He had a rushing touchdown as well. Nice work. Yeah, he had like he had like thirty or forty yards on the ground. Like he he looked pretty slippery. Yeah, on, pretty. A, on a couple of runs for sure. Uh, yeah, like if if I was the commanders, I like obviously he's still in a bit of like limbo in regards to the quarterback position, but at least it seems like they at least know. Who their quarterbacks are, yeah. try and plan <laughs> around it. They don't just look at Dak Prescott and see the most transcendent player at the position. Uh, it's it's just he, frustrating. He has those games though where he he looks like an absolute machine at quarterback, like he's he's unbelievable. Yeah. And then they'll have other games where. Um, uh, well, I'll give I'll give credit to some random person that I saw on Twitter. I can't remember who it was that said it. I think it might have been um, somebody that I follow that's like a Cubs fan. Um, uh, he calls Dak Prescott Rich Trubisky, um, 
which <laughs> when he has games like that, I can I can fully see. I think it's very harsh for ninety five percent of Dak Prescott's games, but occasionally he will have a rich Trubisky game. Yeah, and this and was that I'll game. Say, I'll say this in every single year. The the wild card round will will be it will prove fruitful for one of those games because just incapable of doing anything well in a situation where they kind of have to. All they need is to not have a situation like they did against the Niners last year, where <laughs> they're they're trying to clock the the game and trying to run it out by throwing over the middle with about 14 seconds left and then running out of time. Like, if they can avoid that, then it'll be a success for Mike McCarthy. Because the Buccaneers are not a good team, but any mistake against the Tom Brady team in the playoffs will get you fucked, Cowboys. It's destiny. That's how it happens. This is the way it'll go forever. They're, like, Dak Prescott will, like, doom them in like the wild card every year and every year they'll d- come back in the in the spring and Jerry Jones will be like that's that's my quarterback there gummit Jesus and, Christ and that'll fucking <laughs> hell all right <laughs> i say we move off of this get through one final game and then get out of here and preview yeah. what's to come in the playoffs uh, just like Give a little summary. But um, yes, the final game that we're going to talk about, because this one had any bearing. I mean, it it didn't really have any bearing by the end of the game because the Chargers already wrapped up the fifth seed. But I couldn't not because (laughs) this one, this one irritated me more than I think any other game this whole weekend. And it was because... Previously, because of the Ravens game, the Chargers had already gotten the fifth seed wrapped up. There was absolutely nothing, and I mean nothing, to play for. So what does Brendan Staley do? Well, he has Justin Herbert throw 37 passes, uh, gets Mike Williams injured, gets Joey Bosa injured, um, keeps Austin Eckler out there for thirteen, uh, sorry, for 11 carries, and also gets him in the receiving game with another four catches. Keeps Keenan Allen in there for the whole game. Has eight receptions. It is a miracle that the Chargers didn't come away with any serious injuries. Because Mike Williams got carted to the back and everybody held their breath. And it's a it's a miracle that it's apparently just going to be a day-to-day situation. And that he is likely to play in the playoffs. But if he is any less than 100% and the Chargers lose that game against... Um, who are they even playing? on the Against the Jaguars of all teams. If they yeah. lose that game, Brandon Staley should be the first name that, ne- that very same night fired. Because it yeah. is complete morally and... Overall, talent-wise, it's just so incompetent. It is incomprehensible how bad that you have to be as a head coach to have nothing to play for and keep all of your best players for next week 
still in a game against the Broncos who also have nothing to play for for as long as he did. Chase Daniel didn't come into the game until the fourth quarter. That is mad. That is absolutely ridiculous. It is incomprehensibly, like, bad mismanagement of resources. Like, you, you finally get there after, what, like, five years? I mean, I don't know how long Daly's been there. Like, two or three? Like to have a, a playoff place secured, and then to I mean, I assume like keep them out there because you want to go out winning, and then lose to the Broncos. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't bear thinking about. Yeah, They're, this is the worst of of every world. They they go into the playoffs on a loss. Lost Mike Williams. It's it's ridiculous. It is. It's. I feel for Chargers fans because they they've had two quite long tenures, or at least Anthony Lynn was there for quite a while, and he was completely bonkers with just how incompetent he was at times, including that game that we called that I think was the moment that I wanted him fired, where. Um, they were running quarterback sneaks and draw plays on the goal line with no timeouts needing a field goal. Like, that that level of stupidity will get you fired. They replaced him after, it must have been like six years Anthony Lynn was there as the head coach and doing crap like that. They finally replace him. They have an all-elite talent at quarterback. They are looking up. They get a defensive coordinator under the McMay system, and he turns out to be just as fucking ludicrous in the brain. <laughs> what is going on? Why can they not just do a thing normally and sensibly once? Ever. Yeah. They shouldn't... They just can't be trusted to do anything the way that it should be done, or that they in particular should do it. Yes. I mean... Obviously, Staley wants to like mix up the, the whole coaching thing because nobody wants to be exactly like everybody that's come before. And there's a lot of things that he does, that, like the going for it in certain situations, which people will be like, oh, no, but that's not the way to do it. I don't care about any of that. What I do care about is not resting your fucking starters <laughs> in a meaningless game and one of them getting hurt or maybe even two or three of them by any chance, like what happened wow. here. And then going and getting your ass kicked by the team that kicked your ass all the way in week three. Yeah. Sort it, it fucking out, Brandon Staley. You're a joke. Like, end of end of the first half, like the Broncos are, the Broncos are moving down the field pretty well. Like they're keeping pace. Like at that point, yeah, like to 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 start anyone is kind of ridiculous. Even at that point, just pull everyone. Yeah, just see what your backups can get. Yep, exactly. But they didn't, and if they lose, I'm pinning it on this and this alone. Um, and I want Staley fired if if they lose to the Jags. If they win against Jacksonville, yeah. then okay, maybe fair enough. But... Fire Staley and hire Doug Pedersen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if they lose to the Jags, then honestly, like I'm starting the Staley out movement, get him gone because 
I'm not even a Chargers fan. I just quite enjoy Justin Herbert and I like what this team is capable yeah. of. But they are always ran terribly. Just, just incredibly. I, I, I don't know what to say anymore. They'll just always find ways to fuck themselves. That is true. Um, we'll we'll end on a slightly positive note then before we like recap the games that are expected to come because it is exciting. It is an exciting time to play oh. off window. But uh, we'll end on a slightly positive note for the actual recaps. Um, Russell Wilson looked all right in this one. Hey, looked pretty, there, looked pretty nice. Yeah. Turns out uh, it was all Nathaniel Hackett. Um, the two games <laughs> that they've played without Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson has gotten back to looking, you know, all right. Jerry Judy had five catches for 154 yards. It was oh. great. Latavius yeah. Murray had 103 yards on the ground. Good work, Broncos. You gotta win. It's a nice way to end the season on a win. It's a good way to do it. Yeah, like Russell Wilson still threw a bad interception. Oh yeah. But... I mean Russell Wilson is prone to a brain dead decision yeah. every now and then. But getting but him to play well of... the eighty five percent that he's not making brain dead decisions is is an improvement on the four percent that Nathaniel Hackett was getting. Yeah. I feel a bit better about watching the Broncos next year, like knowing that maybe it's not just Russ being completely washed. Because there were, hey, there were some sexy deep balls here. Yeah. Um, so they'll be hoping that they can sort of build off of that. Uh, the The problem would come if they didn't build on that and. <laughs> um, it just carried on like it did last season, or I guess this season. Um, all right, then let's start the procedure to get out of here. Um, first of all, what to look ahead for for this coming week in the AFC? You have a tasty, tasty wild card weekend potentially with Dolphins at Bills. I mean, that one isn't going to be tasty because it's going to be Skylar Thompson starting. Ravens wow. at Bengals. And then Chargers at Jaguars. And then in the uh, NFC, you have the Seahawks at the 49ers, the Giants at the Vikings, and the Cowboys at the Buccaneers. Sammy, it sounded like you were going to say something. Uh, they better have that weird blue powder in Minnesota. Because we're robbing the US Bank. Wow. Okay. Uh, you can find... Uh, us on Twitter uh, at StiffLitPod and uh, we'll be back next week to recap all of those games that I mentioned see you very very soon <laughs>